Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Southern Onion. I'm Erica. And I'm your tour guide, Erin. <laughs> You're a tour guide? Oh, my God. I'm a tour guide now. You're true crime tour guide, Erin. That's great. Yes. I like it. Thanks. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for li- tuning in and listening. We appreciate it so much. We love all of our listeners. Thank you for coming along on this journey with us. We hope you are finding us entertaining. We are having so much fun doing this. So, please make sure you give us a follow, a like, tell everybody. You can post about us if you'd like. As long as it's nice, you know. Um, and uh, and also you can hit subscribe wherever you listen to us. That way you will get notified of a new episode whenever it comes out. You don't have to look for us every week. How great is that? Amazing. Technology can be a good thing. So, yes. And confusing at the same time. But, yeah. but I digress. I'm showing my age now. But uh, <laughs> hope everyone has had a great week. I hope you're getting ready to have a wonderful week. Spring is upon us. Allergies are upon us. Good grief. But anyway, how's your week been, Erin? It's good. I got my stitches out. So, stitches out and the sun's out. So, oh my gosh. Stitches out, sun's (laughs) out. So, I've enjoyed that. So, yeah, been shopping, been sprucing the house up a little bit. So, love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just enjoying the, the cool, the nice weather out here. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Before it rains for the next two weeks. Oh. Boo. That's okay, yeah. though. Yeah. Ponytail right. hair. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It's been great. And next weekend's good. Memorial Day coming up. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Well. Kind of kick off to summer. Kick an official start to summer. Yep. And, um, you know, a pause to remember why we celebrate Memorial Day as well. So, we'll right, cover yes. that a little bit uh, next week. Um, yep mention that so well awesome well and and still no word about our spokes model dog maggie correct still nothing but okay. i haven't they've not announced a winner either so yeah well you said there were like fourteen thousand submissions or i mean an Something astronomical crazy, yeah. amount for yeah. dog beer it was a, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know why i'm surprised but <laughs> right so fingers crossed paws crossed pa- you know. paws crossed yeah the cats are rooting for her so Yes. So, how's your week been? The The week has been uh, good. I had a little bit of excitement. Um, I love, I drive a, a, a car that's a 2013, and so it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but thankfully it does have a sensor when your tire uh, pressure is getting low. So, as I'm hurtling myself down the road on the interstate at 70 miles an hour, that's the scariest sound you can hear is that do-do-do and you know so um had to go get a tire actually completely changed it was the inside wall that got that where the leak was um so so that you you know that wasn't fun but glad i made it safe and everything's fine but you know appreciate those safety measures and i got my hair cut um, as some of you might have seen on our Instagram uh, account, Southern Onion Podcast, I had seven inches of haircut. <laughs> it was wow. I'm pretty sure I lost like weight that I can I can see. You know, like when I get on this guy, I'm like, hey, I lost a couple pounds. It was just my hair. So, um, so yeah, that was my first haircut um, since the pandemic, and it was it was fun. So wow. And then. So, this is Monday when we're airing this, mm-hmm. so I'm 72 hours away from meeting one of my favorite singers, singer-songwriter Canadian Jan Arden. I get to meet her virtually um, on Thursday night, so I'm, I'm excited. I've started writing my questions out on a, on a note card because, Jan, if you're listening, if anybody knows Jan... We can be friends. Let's be friends. It'll be awesome. So, um, so I'm excited for that to happen. I'll give an update on that as well. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. all this, all this exciting stuff. You know, flowers are blooming, trees are getting green, the grass has to be mowed now. It's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all yeah. right. So, um, in in continuing to get uh, to have the listeners get to know us better, Aaron. You know, I've been coming up with questions for you. Um, okay. So, my question this week, I only have one. Okay. Is, 
What is your favorite elementary school memory? Oh. Yeah. It's been a couple of days. It has been a long time. Since we've been in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we went to two elementary schools. So yes, that we makes did. it harder, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did. You know, I would have to say when I was in the fourth grade talent show. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, y'all did good. Yeah. Myself and two other girls ended up doing, remember the show Hee Haw? This mm-hmm. is going to, like, really date us. Right, yeah. yeah. Go on YouTube, people. It's out there. <laughs> right. Give it a goog. Give but it a goog. there was a skit called The Rumor Girls mm-hmm. where they would be washing clothes, like, in a wash tub, and mm-hmm. they would sing about these rumors that yep. were going around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And yep. I, I, that was one of my fondest memories. I actually have a picture from that talent show. Oh, you still have it? That's awesome. I still have it. Yeah. Okay. It's, I still have a picture of it with our little short shorts and our kind of tube top looking. Yeah. yeah. Your Daisy Dukes with the shirts that look like picnic tablecloths. Yeah, that was right, it. Right, the yeah. red and white checkered ones, yeah. <laughs> well, this was actually, mine were polka dot, but yeah. Oh, I mean, po- oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was polka dot, but yeah, that that was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. That we got to do in, in fourth grade, so. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I think my favorite yeah. is probably once I finally got over my stage fright of being a Christmas tree in fourth grade. Um I can get into that story later, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> was being in drama club and actually getting, enjoying you know, performing and, and having fun with that, playing somebody else. So, so that was yeah. always, that was always a good time. And being, even though I don't sing really well, uh, being in the music class and performing for the school, I always enjoyed that. So, yeah. Cool. So, see, look at us, nothing too embarrassing or weird. No. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll save those for another time. One yeah, point. <laughs> that might be a Patreon thing. So. Yeah, that'll be a <laughs> yeah, Patreon right. thing. So, great segue, right. Erin. Um, yeah, we, thank you. Yeah. Um, we are um, starting up our Patreon and YouTube channels, and those are going to be launched June 1st. So, just around the corner, uh, we'll have more information out on our Instagram page and also in next week's episode about kind of what we're going to be offering and what you can expect from us and as always we'd love to hear from you you know send us a send us a dm send us an email email us at southern onion the number two at gmail.com if you don't already follow us on instagram at southern onion podcast and um it's the same picture that right now that you see on um your your uh, podcast platform of aaron and i me giving aaron uh rabbit ears because that's what you do when you're what how we're what six in that picture yeah, something like that, yeah. Six and adorable. Um, True. Now we're not six, but still adorable. Um, <laughs> so, so again, we appreciate the support. Thank you all so, so much. And let's get back to peeling the layers on this onion. Ooh. Scott Peterson. Oh, my God. This, was, this is a 17-year-old case. For me, it felt like it was just maybe five years ago. I can't believe it's been 17 years. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I remember when this case came out, mm-hmm. because December 24, 2002. Yes. And I remember, because it was like, there's this beautiful girl, eight and a half months pregnant, and mm-hmm. it just disappeared. Yeah, allegedly just vanished, Poop. just yeah. gone. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah, and there's been a lot of movies made about this mm-hmm. case, yeah. and... I don't find Scott attractive, but Dean Cain playing Scott Peterson, okay, you know, I don't know. TV Superman, Dean Cain? <laughs> yes, so yeah, so I was like, okay, you oh, know. He is I'll... a cute guy, yes, I agree, yeah, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah. So that's odd within itself, but mm-hmm. um, so we watched the episode, this was on 2020. Yes, yeah, and came on just this past Friday on uh, May 14th, yeah. 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 And it was called One Last Chance, mm-hmm. and it is a Scott Peterson case. Yes. And then I thought it was good. It's one of the two-hour shows. Um, yes. You know, um, and, and I had to watch it on demand because I was actually, I actually had Friday Night Plans. It was weird. Um, mm. But I watched it, and, um, you know, we're again, we don't really go into the cases themselves, like the actual murders and, and all that. Mm-hmm. We talk about the people and why we think you know, right. what we think happened and, and why we think it's perceived in the way it is. Um, but so the the three questions that came to my mind in the beginning 
when I was thinking about this. I said, okay, was Scott Peterson found guilty because he did it? Was he found guilty because he had an affair? Or was or did the police never bother to look at someone else for this crime? Mm -hmm. Those were the three questions I have because, again, I feel like this, you know, the, the O.J. Simpson, the Casey Anthony cases, these were tried in the public before it ever entered a courtroom. Right. And, and so, for me, it's, you know, and I told Aaron ahead of time, I was like, I'm not so sure he did it. I, you know, that could be a, I know that's an unpopular opinion, maybe, but I, I'm just not convinced. There, there's nothing that's been shown forensically that he did it. It's a lot of circumstantial for me. Right. And I make no apologies for that because it's an opinion. I have one just as everybody else has one, you know. Right. Well, thinking, saying this, you think somebody did it as one thing, mm -hmm. proving it is another. Right. And I don't think there was like that, that moment of that aha moment where here's this concrete evidence. It's Scott. Here's the DNA. Here's mm -hmm. the picture. Here's whatever to just definitively say he did this. I right. think they were basing it off of who would be the person that would benefit from Lacey being gone. Correct. Yes. I think that's what they were, that's what they were focusing on. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it was always on Scott. Yeah. Right. Because statistically, crimes that happen are usually, but the victim knows who the person is. Very sure. rarely is it stranger on stranger. And, but right. it still happens. You can't take it out of the equation. Um, right. But like you said, here we have, right, and, and here we have this young, beautiful woman who's eight months pregnant. Who would want to hurt somebody like that? You know, mm -hmm. an evil person. But just right. because it, you know, you have this victim that you're like, oh my God, why her? You can't mm -hmm. just automatically say, well, I'm going to blame you, and you're it. You know, um, right. you still have to let. You should let the the case take its course and the and follow the evidence mm -hmm. not i'm going to make this fit and make you look bad right so yeah so yeah so you um so it starts out with because they're talking with him through obviously he's still in jail um yes. serving life and um they're talking with him these are like phone call interviews from jail and you mm -hmm. can hear him talk about, you know, I, I I really don't like that they say I'm the last person to see her alive. I was not the last person to see her alive. Right. And he's talking to Janie Peterson, who is his sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and, is, right, which yeah. is like, this is the person spearheading the, he deserves a new trial. Right, right. So... On December 24th, because I'm just going to give a quick run through, because oh, I yeah. think a lot, everybody has heard this story mm -hmm. at Brian, some yeah. degree. And yeah. I just, in case you have not, or just a, a kind of a quick refresher, um, December 24, 2002, Lacey Peterson and Scott get up in the morning. It's Christmas Eve. They're getting ready to go over to her family's house for like a Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. And so they're up in the morning. They're watching Martha Stewart. And Scott's like, you know, I was going to go play golf, but. It's just too cold. I think I'm going to go fishing. Mm -hmm. Lacey's like, okay, I'm going to go walk our golden retriever, Mackenzie. Mm -hmm. And so she gets dressed, curls her hair, and says, okay, I'm walking the dog. Scott goes and gets his, in his truck and leaves to go fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Lacey, and this is just on the accounts that we've been told, walked the dog down the road to like a park near their home, mm -hmm. walked the dog. And that's really the last time anybody really can say they saw her. Right. Because there were witnesses that said they saw a heavily pregnant woman with a white smock shirt on with khaki pants walking a golden retriever and mm -hmm. dark-headed. Mm -hmm. So people were coming forward and saying, I saw her at this time. And then it's like, hey, I saw her at this time. And mm -hmm. So Scott gets home and Lacey's not there. Right. So he's thinking, okay, her car's in the driveway. Mackenzie, he saw Mackenzie. She didn't have her caught her a leash on or anything. Right. So he's like, okay, she must have gone over to her mother's home to get mm -hmm. ready for tonight. So he washes his clothes because he's been fishing, so he stinks. Yeah. Eats some pizza, drinks some milk, and then he's like, okay, sees on the answer machine 
there's a, a message from Ron. That is Lacey's stepdad. Mm-hmm. Right. And he calls over there and is like, hey, is Lacey with you? They're like, no. Hmm. And then Scott says, well, then she's missing. Yeah. All right. And, and, okay, and yeah. we'll kind of stop right there because, okay, yeah. if he did this, then why is he alerting her parents? That she's missing. Right. Oh my God! And you know, and I and I can hear some people go, "Well, of course you're going to act like you don't know where she's at. You don't want to seem suspicious, but why wouldn't you let it play a little bit longer before you're like, oh wait, she's missing?' And um, and also they are in California, yes. So this is a warmer climate. I don't know where everybody's living, but. Here, mm-hmm. where I live in Tennessee, we have usually four, three to four seasons um, a year. So, you're not mm-hmm. out walking the dog at, on New Year's Eve. It's usually pretty cold. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so they're out in California. So, yeah, you would go fishing. And and sure. most families, our family, you know, we celebrate it on Christmas Eve is when we do mm-hmm. our stuff. And Christmas Day is just kind of relaxing. And some people do Christmas Day. So for me, it wasn't shocking that he was going to go out and do and go fish for a couple of hours. I mean, right. You live well, near a lake, why not? And why she would go out and walk the dog. I mean, I don't see anything I, suspicious with right. any of that. Right. I mean, the only thing is if my wife was eight and a half months pregnant, I don't think I'd want her walking the dog, but that's me. I mean, maybe <laughs> she was just like, no, I'm going. And I'm like, no, honey, you need Look. to stay home. You're really pregnant. Right. And what if something happens? You know, I, I just would rather not. But that's just me. I don't, you know. Well, right. That doesn't make him a bad person. And she probably was like, no, I'm walking this dog. Well, you I was know? about to say, you know, the best thing in pregnancy is to, is to if doctor's orders, of course, follow medical advice, yeah, um, you know, is to actually keep keep moving, keep walking as much as you, as you can and it's medically safe for you. So, um, right. but yeah, so people were saying, hey, we saw her, we saw her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then now he's telling the in-laws, well, she must be missing because I've called her, what, three times. Yes. She never answered, Correct. which is not like her because um, right. we, we all have cell phones now. Um, right. And and so he's like, wait, we, we need to get on this. So I just cannot imagine. Right. I'm going to go fishing, go herd her, let the dog go back home throw her body, you know, in a lake, and then go right. home and shower and be like, oh, hey, hey, guess what? She's missing. I okay. just, right. That's just a lot for me. Right. Well, and Scott calls her friends, and nobody has seen her. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, the mother, Lacey's mother, gets with Scott. They go down to the park mm-hmm. where they know that Lacey had walked uh, Mackenzie. This part was like, oh my gosh. She was like, we were looking around and we were lifting trash cans. Yeah, that was sad. Looking for your, looking for Lacey. I mean, I cannot imagine being a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going down there lifting trash, can, trash cans to find my daughter. I, that is Mm-mm. devastating. You could, I don't know how, I mean, I was Not right. Like, oh. I couldn't imagine just being a part of a search group and having to do that. That's just, mm-mm. Right, right. So, they get in touch with the police. The police are on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They asked Scott what he was doing. He said, hey, I was out fishing. And they said, okay, well, let's go down to your shop. Uh, Scott has a shop. He's a fertilizer salesman. Mm-hmm. They go down to the shop, and the electricity isn't working. Yeah. And so, the police shine their light into the shop, and they're taking pictures. Now, this boat had just been purchased. Mm-hmm. They asked Scott, hey, you know, um, when did you buy this boat? He's like, well, it was a Christmas gift for Lacey's stepfather, Ron. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, hmm, that's interesting. So that was kind of like a, huh. Yeah. You know, he's got this mate, this brand new fishing boat. What's that about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so the and and the police called the electric company and said, "Hey, you know, his, the electricity's been out over there. How long has it been out?" The supervisor says the electricity was never off there. But I don't. Then why I don't know if that's anything. And, right. I mean, he could have a not paid the bill. B a breaker could have blown. Um, mm-hmm. C some uh, an accident could have happened and knocked power out and. They not be aware of it. I mean, hello, sure. has anybody ever called the electric company? And they're like, oh, we've not had this report of electricity out. Like, ah. And that, that has happened. Same with the water company, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. So, to me, it was like, I don't know if it's anything 
you know, worth going, hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. I think right. it was just maybe it wasn't reported, you know. Yeah. So the police take Scott in for questioning, and they ask him, you know, do you have a good marriage? And he's like, yeah, you know, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. There's no problems. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they let him go. Yeah. Which, I mean, they don't have anything to hold him with. I mean, well, it's, it's, you know. They don't. And this is where they kind of mentioned about he was just really calm. He was mm-hmm. just, you know, he wasn't really excited. Well, let me explain something. <laughs> I, I, can, I can get excitable and, you know, oh my gosh, you know. But when any emergency situation that I have been in, and I've been in a few, unfortunately, just with my job and where I've worked at, I'm very calm. I'm one of the people who are like, okay, here, let's get this in order. And you then you have those other people that are running around screaming and making it worse than what it is. So when they were mm-hmm. like, what well, was, how could he be so calm? He must be a calculated killer. And I'm like, no, because I'm calm under stress. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and, and also I never understood why people think they know how someone else should act. In a, right. in a time like this. I mean, God forbid any of us have to be in a position where our loved one, our partner, our spouse, you know, is missing. And I've got everybody mm-hmm. looking at me of, well, how is she acting? That seems suspicious right. that I would be this or that way. No, you don't know unless you're in it. But right. I mean, I just don't buy that. But, you know, some. but here we go. We're, we're, they're gearing up that, hey, we need someone to pin this on. We need somebody to yeah. focus on. And it's him. Right. Well, and Scott said that he withheld, withheld from the media because he wanted them to keep coming back and asking about Lacey. Yeah. And keeping Lacey in the forefront. And that, that it, makes sense. It's weird, but it yeah. makes sense. I mean. Right. Because he wanted the focus on Lacey. He did not want the focus on him. Mm-hmm. And he felt like the only way to do that was to be kind of withheld, withdrawn from the media. Mm-hmm. That's why when he was, according to him, at the vigil, that he wasn't up on stage. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. You know, making this big scene, so to speak, because he wanted it to be focused solely on Lacey and not them reporting about Scott's behavior. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say, because then you're going to get the Nancy Graces on there and going, well, did you see how he stood with his left foot in front of his right? That means you're a liar. That I know I sounded just like Nancy Grace right there. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Please, God, Nancy, don't come after me. Um, she scares me. But um. But, you know, I mean, and, and exactly, I would have been the same way. I'd have been like, I'll release a statement through the family or through my lawyer, but mm-hmm. I would not, I would not get up there because they mm-hmm. would go, well, she seems, she smiled during it. And it'd be like, oh my God, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't put me on this microscope. So, so mm-hmm. I, I, I can see that. I can see both sides yeah. of that, but I, I get it. I, I understand that. Right. You know what got me the, when, there have been so many witnesses that saw Lacey walking that morning with Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. But then, and even the family said, it came out that they were saying they could not verify that Lacey was actually walking Mackenzie that day. That there is a possibility this could have been another pregnant woman that people were seeing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, it, to me, that was just casting doubt where it didn't necessarily need to be. How many... Mm-hmm. pregnant then they should have gathered up all the pregnant women in that area mm-hmm. with golden right. retrievers that had on the white white shirt khaki pants that day and said right. hey we need to account for all of you please come forward please oh, come right. in but they didn't do that i think their thought was originally that scott had killed her in the morning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then went out with his to go fishing and that's when he dumped her yeah and then came back and did this whole, hey, has anybody seen Lacey? I right. think that was their theory at first. But then there's so many witnesses, folks, mm-hmm. that are, are saying, we saw her. Yeah. Well, we saw her walk. We saw her coming back. Right. Mackenzie was found by the neighbor with her leash still on. Right. Right. Which, so. to, right, to me, would be suspicious of it was a, um, it was a surprise encounter. Because why would she drop mm-hmm. the leash? I would think if it had been him, he would have taken the dog with him because the dog's not going to alert anybody. He's with, you know, his other owner. Right. So, you know, the dog's not going to be. um, And and that, too, and, and, you know, they were like, well, how could he go fishing 
she's eight months pregnant. And mm -hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of husbands, boyfriends, partners, whatever, that go fishing with pregnant partners. I mean, especially here. Well, you know, like like some, I know, I see you smiling. But, I, you know, I mean, there's just, you would think people wouldn't, but they're, mm -hmm. they do. They're just like, well, oh, sure. she's not due for a month. I'm going to go out here and fish. Like, they're not... They're not thinking about it like that. Like, no, everybody's I, I, like, oh, you, how you, could he? You know, you got to live your life. You know, exactly. Just cause your, your partner is expect you and your partner are expecting doesn't mean you can't go and run, yeah, fish but or they, see family or right. You know, now was he a crappy husband? Um, yes, and we'll yeah, get into he that was. here in a minute. Um, yeah. but is it out of the ordinary for me? No. No. Yeah, that I know that's why I was saw you grin and I was like, Yeah, you know where yeah. I'm going with this. But um but yeah, I mean people are just yeah. like trying to, you know um, you know, say, Oh, well he did it because no one goes fishing with an eight month pregnant partner. I'm like, Uh, yeah they do. Come yeah, live they come do. live where I do. They'll go fishing and go, Hey, can you go to the hospital in like two hours? I heard the, the crappies really biting today. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, people go on business trips while their partners are expecting. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not something I would focus in on. I mean, yeah. I really, I don't, I just wouldn't, I don't know. They yeah. did. I wouldn't, I don't, you know. Yeah. Terrible so, husband. Terrible husband. Agreed. Right. All right. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> brace, brace yourself. Oh, because, here we go. Wee. Yeah. All right. So we are now at a candlelight vigil for Lacey. It is yep. December 31st. Mm-hmm. And the families get up. Scott's mom and dad get up and they speak about Lacey. And Sharon Rosha gets up and she speaks about her daughter. Mm-hmm. But Scott does not. He does right. not take the stage. And we just said a few minutes ago the mm -hmm. reason why, because he did not want the media to focus on him because he knew the media was focusing on him. Mm -hmm. He's not crying yes. enough. He's not showing enough emotion. Scott's right. like, no, I'm not here for that. We're here to find Lacey. Yes. But mm -hmm. it is found out because Erica can't wait. Yeah. Sitting here on the edge of my seat. Okay, here we go. So, everybody's having a visual for Lacey, and Scott Peterson, according to uh, Nancy Grace, said that was off in a corner, <laughs> calling yep. his mistress Amber Fry, mm -hmm. and, and Amber records it. Okay. Are you serious, first of all? Why are you recording phone conversations? Because, I, and I looked it up to make sure I had the right date. But they, Amber Fry and Scott Peterson met November 20th, 2002. So they met a month and four days before Lacey went missing. So it's not like this was some long, torrid affair. This was not like it was some hot and heavy, you know, uh, affair that just started. And she's like, oh, Scott, you, you need to leave your wife. Amber Fry who, side note here, was a massage therapist, and as I am a retired massage therapist, is very disappointed in her. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, you know, but she but she records the phone call. I mean, that is so weird. Like, what, I, I can honestly say, of the relationships that I have been in, and I've had a couple, I've never recorded any of their phone calls. I mean, of course, I didn't date anybody married, either but but allegedly she didn't know that he was married until uh, until like after Lacey had disappeared right because he had been saying oh she's she's gone or how did he put it I didn't write it down well he had told her that he had lost his wife lost and his that this wife, was right. this is going to be the first holiday without her right and Lacey did, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Amber did not push that because mm -hmm. he said it was very painful. And she was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to push him on that. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. uh, but she was led to believe by Scott that he had lost his wife. Yeah. Not my wife and I are separated. My wife and I are divorced. It's right. I lost her. Right. And he is, and they, what she, she was kind of given them the ninth degree I guess in a later phone conversation and was like, Hey, you told me you lost your wife. And he said, well, there's different, there's different ways of loss or different. Correct. Right. Different know, kinds of loss. Different yes. kinds of yeah. loss. And yeah. I was like, well, that's right. a little, little reaching there, Scott. But Amber Fry, just bless her heart. I mean, 
she's this young single mom and you know I, I guess he was the first cute guy that smiled at her. I don't know. Well, I mean, and for her not yeah. to know him better than that in a month's time, come mm -hmm. on. You've got, you've right. had to suspect something, mm -hmm. you know. Right. I, I would well, think in the first couple of weeks, you're like, wait a minute, something's not adding up here with you. Well, I think what it would have got me was when he said he was the Eiffel Tower for New Year's Eve. I don't know. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm at the Eiffel Tower. And she's like, okay. You know, like, hmm. I mean, that's kind of odd to me. Uh -huh. that, you know, the, it's you're at a vigil for your wife that's missing. And you're saying you're at the Eiffel Tower. Right. And it's so beautiful and and amazing. I'm glad yeah. Amber taped it only because mm -hmm. I wouldn't believe. It would be hard to believe that. That right. he was sitting yeah. there lying to her about yeah. his oh, whereabouts. yeah. Yeah. But your wife is missing, mm -hmm. and you're too busy on the phone with your mistress. Right, at her memorial. I mean, and that, again, he's not a very good husband. That's, he's a scumbag. I mean, it's not good. Without you know? a doubt. No, no, it's not good. And, but, yeah, I don't know why he cared about the mistress like that and thought, oh, mm -hmm. I need to call her real quick. I mean, but. I don't, yeah. That, yeah, that wasn't very right. smart. And it, yeah. to me, it makes no sense why you would do that mm -hmm. and, and lie and be like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm here at the Eiffel Tower. I mean, good Lord. So now I'm like, okay, does he have some mental issues with deception wow. and manipulation going right. on, you know, where he enjoys that? I don't know. Well, and I think maybe he was just trying to make sure that Amber, you know, he's got to keep the two things separated. You know, he doesn't mm -hmm. want Amber to know that, hey, because he never told Amber, hey, my wife is missing. Lacey's missing. Mm -hmm. Amber got to hear it through a friend who saw Scott on TV. Right. And that's yeah. when Amber stepped forward and said, uh-oh, I've been, ha and I, and I will, I do applaud her for that. Oh, absolutely. Step yes. Stepping forward and saying, okay, I had an affair or, yes. well, I was dating him. She didn't know she was in an affair. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I was dating him and he told me he was not married mm -hmm. and that he had lost his wife. And, you know, this is devastating. Yeah. To find out. I can only imagine what Amber has gone through with that. I mean, she was, a, she's a victim in this too. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And and like you said, I'm glad she stepped forward and shed light on it because it did show yeah. a different side of him that nobody else would have seen had she right. not come forward. And then what Gloria right. Allred was her lawyer, yes. which oh, I'm yeah. like, good grief. But um, she's, anyway, and then, you know, and, but no, I, I definitely applaud her for coming forward and saying yep. that. But at the same time, ladies, gentlemen, when you are dating somebody and they're real evasive or they have like, oh, only call me at these times or I'll just call you. You need to put your red flags up. There's yeah. something going on. I mean. No, you mm -hmm. don't want to constantly contact people and be overbearing. But if they're telling you, "Hey, I'll uh, I'll call you at six in the morning," and I'll, if it if it feels suspicious, it probably is. You know, check it out. Know know who you're dating. I guess right. is what I'm trying so, to get at. Right. So when Amber comes forward and there's a press conference held, yes, this is what turns the case against Scott. Oh, yeah. And and the Rocha family who had, this is Lacey's family, who once supported him. Yes. That sways them into thinking, you know, Scott very well could be, have done this. Yes. So Scott is losing all the support. People are turning against him. It's all in the media. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. everywhere. Well, press and, press and police should never be tried in public. Press mm -hmm. and police... I get people want to know what's going on, and, and especially cases like this where it's so, like, sensationalized, and you're, and you're just thinking, oh, my gosh, are you serious? But I just, I don't like it. I don't I don't like how much, let, let, the, let each do their job. Just don't do it together because um, the police were releasing a lot of Scott's alibis then in the public as well. And you really right. should not be doing that and giving people right. who might have done it an opportunity to say, oh, he was here. Oh, well, let's go put something there because yeah. then it'll really look like it's him and, and set him up to be framed. Right. So the media is hounding Scott. They're oh, at his house. Yeah. They're yelling through bullhorns. They're, he can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. Mm -hmm. He is just under pressure at this point. Yep. Okay. 
And I know. So on April 2003, there is a big storm in the San Francisco Bay. Yes. Yep. And a body, well, a torso of a woman washes up. Yeah. And then not far, not far from where Scott had been fishing on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And there's also a baby's a male baby body as well that has washed up. Yeah. It is later identified to be Lacey and Connor. Yes. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So Scott is arrested. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do arrest Scott. When they arrested him, they found fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Hmm. They camping equipment, a shovel, and he'd also dyed his hair. Now, he did, in the dyeing of the hair, I mean, Janie, his sister-in-law, did ask him about that. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it was because I was so recognizable. I was wanting anonymity. I didn't want people to be following me, and that's mm-hmm. why I dyed my hair. That And that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. he can't leave the area because at this time, still no one's been arrested. Um, it's not going to trial, and he was just trying to catch a break, and just, because people knew where he lived, so, right. you know, right. you're trying just to blend in and have some type of normal life. I mean, right. I think if he had done it, he would have fled before then. I mean, really. He would have right. just, yeah. he would have been like, oh, I need to get away and just have some peace, and hopefully we'll find Lacey and I'll be back, and he could have just jetted off, and, right. but he right. stayed around, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, the trial begins in Ju- on June 1st in 2004. Mm-hmm. And now, the pre-trial was televised, but not the actual case itself. So, the trial itself was not televised. Right. Yes. And he hires Michael Jackson's lawyer, Mark Garagos. Oh, yes. Mark Garagos. <laughs> I know, I'd right? Forgot- yeah. I had forgotten that part, too. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that, too. So, um the trial, I mean, we didn't get a lot. Of, it was not televised, so we didn't watch it. So we got bits and pieces that were coming out. Mm-hmm. They said at first the case was, you know, Mark Garagos never could really put anything out there. There was a burglary that had happened across the street. Mm-hmm. But Mark never spoke about that. And people were puzzled as to why he never tried to say, hey, here's reasonable doubt because there right. was a burglary going on at yes. the same time time that Lacey was walking Mackenzie and mm-hmm. could she have yelled at the burglars and they grabbed her and and you know so he never really brought that in to right. the trial and I don't I don't know why he didn't I, I don't still am stumped by that yeah because if anything it paints doubt it just paints right. doubt yeah yeah left it out okay yeah so Scott is convicted of first degree murder yes and second degree murder for Connor yes and he gets death. Yeah. Yeah. They get they get mm-hmm. death. And then it shows the, I think it was me- what we find out like a couple minutes mm-hmm. later, members of the right. jury. Yes. And one very vocal woman and was like, enjoy your time at San Quentin. That's your new home now. And Nancy, well, Nancy dubbed her a like- strawberry shortcake. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> But, yes, Nancy Grace nicknamed every juror, and one of it was, I kid you not, Strawberry Shortcake because of her red hair. Well, I take offense to that because I was Strawberry Shortcake when I was younger. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I I remember that distinctly. When they they talked about that certain juror, Mm. I was like, Nancy dubbed her that, so. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so they go through the the sentencing phase. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's all this, yes, he, he's found guilty. Put him to death. Put him to death. They go through the sentencing phase. They vote for death, the death penalty. Right. And then, oh, a few years later, we have a problem. There yep. is juror misconduct. And none other than strawberry shortcake. Yeah, is, Rochelle, I think her name's Rochelle. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is the one that is the problem with this because she somehow forgot when she was filling out the application to be a juror that, um, oh, she had been pregnant and had to put out a protective order against her partner for, you know, for being in fear for her life. Mm -hmm. And, but she, she, she just, it just slips her mind to tell the people involved in the case that this has happened with her. Because I would think you would be a bit biased um, mm. and be like, oh, I was in that same situation and she just didn't get that order in time. He did it. Because mm-hmm. 
you know, unfortunate, unfortunately for her, it was her partner that wanted to harm her. But that doesn't mean everybody's partner wants to harm their, you know, their other significant other mm-hmm. either. So now, but so I think she wanted him guilty. But, you know, the other jurors had to go along with that. We'll never know what happened in their talks. Right. In the jury room. I don't know if she was, you know, persuasive or not. But mm-hmm. it's still juror misconduct. And right. so now he's looking at the possibility of having a retrial. Right, because the death penalty has been overturned. Yes. He now is, right now, just has life in prison. Yes. But they will be retrying the death penalty phase only at this time. Mm-hmm. There is a hope that he will get an, a new trial. Yeah. Because new evidence has come to light. We talked about the burglars. Yes. We talked about uh, the jury misconduct. Yes. And now there's a new one. Mm-hmm. This guy, his name is Aponte. I think that's how you say it, the Aponte tip. Yeah. This is what Jamie talked about. Yes. Oh. This was a this was a guy. At, uh, I believe he was a guard at Nor- Norco Prison. A lieutenant. Yep. At the prison. A lieutenant. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he had heard an inmate bring up Lacey's name. Yes. And made a report. Yeah. Made a report. Yeah. Made about a report it. about it. Yeah. That their possible involvement from this inmate. Mm-hmm. But he backtracked. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he said, "Well, I don't really know what I heard." Yeah. Why would you do? Why would you make the report then? Right. So they are going to. Their hope is to bring him forward and get him up on the stand and talk to him about mm-hmm. this report because in the report it says that Lacey confronted the burglars. Right, and that and that that's what caused her kidnapping. And they're like, right. "Well, she's seen us, so we can't we right. can't turn her loose." Right. I right. mean. In the mind of a criminal, you know. Right. Because the thought is she was kidnapped by these burglars. They heard Scott's alibi. They went out and put her and Connor in the San Francisco Bay to frame Scott. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. That's the theory. That's the thought that has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it's plausible. And if it's plausible, and again, there's still, it was circumstantial evidence. It was emotion that I think got him convicted. It was not forensic evidence that said, here's what here's what tied him to the case. Because, you know, they, they even saw on her computer, somebody was on the computer at the time. He said he was over at the lake, mm-hmm. and they were looking up uh, sunflower umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine he goes, hurries up, you know, incapacitates her, kills her, then goes home and goes and thinks, I need to look at something online so that they'll think she's here. I'm going to look at sunflower umbrellas. I think that would be, I mean, what a random thing to look up if he was trying to, quote unquote, trick the police to think Lacey was looking at that. Right. Yeah. Just didn't add up. It it just, I'm sorry. And that's why I just cannot fully commit to, yes, he's guilty. I just... Mm-hmm. You know, right. and and yeah. if he is, by God, he has done some really good uh, manipulating. But we don't. But again, you know, we just see parts of it that the media releases or that's released mm-hmm. on these documentaries. So, right, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't live it. I wasn't there. Right, and and this is why the media is a double edged sword because yes. they can get information out, but then sometimes it can be so explosive and you don't know what's true and what's not right and then you're kind of like you said the person's already tried in the media before they ever get to court right Mm -hmm. and the families standing out there day after day and having to hear you know burn in hell you're a murderer and all Mm -hmm. this is just horrible i feel sorry and my my your heart just breaks for the families because they didn't ask to be a part of this right exactly i mean they yeah. Why people of the public felt that they needed to yell at the family members is beyond me. That grow yeah. grow up, you know. Yeah, it's so get, sad. Have some class, Lord. Yeah, um, they've been through it. They've been through enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just yeah, that was really upsetting to see because they were yelling "burning hell" to Scott's mother. I know, and it's like, and I was just like, wow, that lady, she didn't do a thing. Leave her, leave all of them alone. If you want to yell at somebody, yell at Scott Peterson. Okay, the rest of the family didn't deserve that. But Mm -hmm. and that's the thing too. Like with the media, they'll they'll put these stories out here, 
And then if they need to retract a story or they need to update a story to say, hey, you know, we made it look like this person, but actually this happened. So they're probably, you know, more guilty or less guilty than what we first originally said. Right. They might put it on their website. They won't report it. And that, yeah. but and then people are only going to remember the initial sensationalized story. And that, sure. that's where I, you know... I just, I, I've taken the stance really honestly since about October. I'm just like, if it's something big and important, somebody will tell me. I've just, sure. I've, yeah. I've seriously, I've kind of checked out of media right now. I've just on all platforms because right. I'm just like, mm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I haven't, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't really read magazines, but you were shocked to find out that, you know, Melissa Gilbert and, uh, Linda Perry broke up, so. No, Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Blair. What was that? <laughs> Melissa Gilbert. See, it's I'm thinking right. House of Perry right now. I'm sorry. See, <laughs> yes, I was shocked to hear that they broke yeah, up. Yeah, It's yes. sad when any relationship ends. But sure. yeah, but see, it but found its know. way, it's found its way to me. Right, so, see, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. You don't I, have to read it. If it is I'll tell you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If it is important enough, it will find its way to me, and that's fine. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Sorry, Melissa. Aren't they sisters? Melissa yes. and Sarah are sisters. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you're okay. good. Sorry. You're okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I was just trying to prove a point that, you know. Yeah. See, you can't believe the first story you hear. It was not Melissa Gilbert. That's, it was Sarah. That's right. See, I just, I just proved that point, didn't right? I? <laughs> no. No, but, 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 I mean, right, right there. And, and just like with what we post on um, Instagram and, and what other people post on whatever social media platform, you can only believe a little bit of it. You're seeing that view for that moment of time, and that's right. it. You've got there. You just can't put a hundred percent into it, and that's why, with big cases like this that were that was just followed through from start to finish, and now, you know, updates where it's just all in the media. I just cannot a hundred percent say yes, they definitely did it or they definitely did not do it. That's the problem I have with Casey Anthony. That's what I have with Scott Peterson. You know, um, even, you know, even O.J. Simpson. You don't know. You, I mean, we're given bits yeah. and pieces. Right. And, yeah. I, and I have no desire to work in media or in law. So, bless yeah. those who do. I respect you, but, you know, it's not for me. Um, but, yeah, so that... Is Scott Peterson. Yeah. That was a big old onion. That was. And, <laughs> and that was just we, the update. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't right. even the case. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was just and we have and we don't know anything yet about when that all that will be. Yeah. And we will try yeah. to do little updates on cases yeah. that we've covered. If we discover yeah. anything new or if you all discover anything new, let us know. We'll do a follow up on it. We don't Sure. Again, we're just having fun with this. We are not lawyers and we are not in law enforcement, so we don't mm -hmm. You know, this is just a hobby uh, for us. So, and we we appreciate you know we appreciate it. Any yep. any follow up that you all might have, the listeners. Yep. So, yes. So yeah. Who? So what's on the docket? You say. I know you're mm -hmm. asking yourself. Well, let me yep. go ahead and tell you. Um, next week we are actually going to cover a story that again is kind of in the area where uh, we grew up in Tennessee, <laughs> East Tennessee. Uh, it is a case uh, with Brian Lawson. This was in, this took place in Hawkins County, Tennessee. And this is a case where a man and woman are having an argument and he shoots her. Mm -hmm. It's on video. Mm -hmm. uh, you can watch it. Um, yes. I mean, you know, viewer discretion always. Um, but was it self-defense? Or did he bait her into an argument so he could shoot her? Yeah. That, that's, the, uh, that's the big question on this one. Yeah. Uh, I have actually, Aaron and I have both seen the, one yeah. of the shows about it in the, in the, in the video. And it is, it's disturbing because there's a little kid right there. Yeah. Right there. And I'm like, mm, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to keep it PG here, but um, so so that's going to be next week, and then the week after that, um, mm -hmm. one of our listeners, Nash, what up? Uh, they gave us uh, Teresa Halbach. 
uh, okay. to look at. And this is a case that was in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have seen the documentary Making a Murderer yeah. and Steve Avery, this is the case. Um, yeah. So we will probably, we will, because that's a huge, huge case in a documentary. Well, so we'll just right. be looking at just the case itself and not yes. not mm-hmm. everything else and doing kind of like we did today, just a, a rundown. Right. So yeah. thank you, thank you, Nash, for that. So we'll yes, we'll get to you. that in two weeks. Um, so yeah, so that onion has been peeled. Yes. Ooh. So again, we're excited. June first is the release of our Patreon channel, our YouTube channel. Keep sending us ideas because this um, Scott Peterson case actually came a lot. We had about three or four people ask us to do this one. So yeah. we thank you all for that. Um, we love it. We want to interact with you. If you have questions, comments, you know, ideas, let us, you know, just shout out to us. DMs are open in Instagram. Email number 2 at gmail.com. And, yeah, I think we're good. Another yeah. week. So I hope everybody Thanks. has a great week. Thanks again for listening. We love you all. You all are amazing. And, um, yeah, so once, you know, when you hear us again, I will have been best friends with Jan Arden for about four days. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron is not impressed. So <laughs> all right. if any of us have feelings about this, please. Text yeah. Me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's fun. It's good to have, yeah. you know, a little starstruck already, but anyway, that's right. All right. Well, again, thanks so much, everybody. Hope you have a great week and stay safe. Take care. Keep peeling back those layers of true crime. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, Erin. Bye, Erica. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.